Welcome, everyone. I'm your pastor, uh, Reverend uh, Ivy Rivera. I'm a psychic medium. I'm a Taino Arawak. And uh, we have with us Christina Del Rey, our astrologer, and Reverend Danny Johnson, our numerologist. Today, we're talking about trauma bonding. What is it? And how can you stop doing it? So I want to talk about the uh, confusion that comes along with trauma bonding. And when I'm done, we'll be moving on to the other reverends here. Now, what I see most commonly with my clients, with my students, even in my own personal life, um, is that people who've suffered abuse, neglect, any kind of trauma, and also failure in their life or perceived failure, uh, tend to uh, hang on to others and situations that are based on a trauma bond. And those bonds are toxic, but there seems to be some type of confusion in regards to those bonds, meaning that most people who form a trauma bond with another person or a situation feel somehow they're deceived into thinking that it's supportive. And this is usually because it feels comfortable it feels familiar, it's predictable. And we have to remember that we didn't come to earth to live comfortable, predictable, uh, safe lives all the time. That is not the nature of the human experience here on earth. I don't see in anyone's life contract that I've ever worked with that they don't ever get forced into an uncomfortable dynamic in their life, forcing growth, encouraging growth and development. Um, but many of us, especially women tuning in, or for those of you who have gone through in your upbringing, a lot of parentification where maybe you didn't get to be the child. There are a lot of different circumstances and people out there who have been programmed to only acknowledge trauma bonds, to stay indefinitely in trauma bonds in their life. A lot of times it's the perception, uh, especially in love relationships or family dynamics, that you can fix the other person, um, that it's the loving thing to do to stay in a toxic relationship. We would call this wounded healer syndrome in light work. And it's important that you understand the red flags and identify the truth behind the feeding or enabling of this bond, which is that the universe does not support it. You are not going to receive any kind of good karma from doing it. You're not helping anyone. You're not healing anyone, including yourself, of course. Uh, but when you start to see red flags in your life, like stagnancy, uh, health issues, a buildup of toxic energy that affects your mental health, your emotional well-being. If you're constantly exhausted and drained, if you find that your relationships um, with others, especially in love um, or family dynamics, if you find that they're really unsupportive, even abusive, uh, toward you, and you're not gaining anything from them. They deliberately 
strip you of your positivity, your focus, and they prevent you from evolving or attaining that prosperity that you want in your life. This is definitely something that you were drawn to, um, to, for the sake of, let's say, your development and growth to analyze, to learn lessons from. Um, the universe allowed it to happen, not because you're abandoned by God or, you know, because you're supposed to be there, but because you have free will and you're supposed to identify that your anger or your submission, your heavy depressive feelings or illnesses um, are a sign that you're imbalanced and that these relationships need to be studied and evaluated and you need to find your way out of them, which is ultimately about standing on your own two feet. Often people have to go no contact in these types of situations or relationships because otherwise it's very much like uh, the narcissistic hoovering technique that continues to suck you back in every time you get far enough away, um, like a toxic lover, you know, who's abusing you would do that. They would suck you back in. And then every time you get back in, you're taking another beating. You're down and out again. And so it can feel almost like one step forward, 10 steps back. And that's why uh, no contact is often the smartest thing to do. I wanted to talk to, before I turn this over to our other reverends here, about the two key areas that I see it happen the most for my clients, my students, um, and other people that I know, um, including myself. And this would be, number one, this is in relationships, in love partnerships, uh, this is when we are attracted to someone and they are equally attracted to us because there is that comfort, that familiarity. We may think it's soulmate connection. Um, shame on the readers out there who push the twin flame myth. Uh, that this is your other half. There's no such thing as a twin flame. We are all whole individuals as ourselves. Uh, but they they will say, oh, get back together with your twin flame or get back together. This is your soulmate. There will never be any other relationship like this. You know, this is the one for you. And that the trauma, the toxicity is just part of it. It's part of the development. That's ridiculous. And it's a way for them to make money. We need to be careful out there. When we think about our relationship relationships, we want to think about them in terms of the contract that we signed onto before we came to earth. And you need a good, healthy contract with others. And uh, sort of like running a business, having a business contract with someone, or if you're an employee somewhere, I'm sure you signed a lot of contracts before you took on that job, right? Your employer is expecting certain things of you, and you are in turn expecting certain things of them. And when that gets imbalanced, it becomes extremely toxic and you leave and you go find another job, hopefully. Um, but uh, this is different when we look at relationships and love, how programmed we are to make excuses for the toxicity there. And we have to realize that often the contract that we signed on to with this person before we came to earth is based on uh, karma. It's based on growth and lessons and opportunities. You were meant to come together, um, but it's it's based on opportunities 
for you to recognize what's wrong and to strive to do better in your life and bring healing to those areas. So we don't want to assume that the more toxic your relationship is, the more of a soulmate connection or twin flame connection you have. That simply is, is not the case. So we want to be very careful with that. The second most common area that I see it in is um, literally with that like work dynamic um, that I mentioned earlier, uh, where maybe you identify that there's an imbalance um, with your uh, job, your employer, you're unhappy, or you're not living up to your life contract, you're not living up to your potential, you're not passionate about your work, you just don't belong there anymore. But what the majority of people have done in the past is they, they dig in, they stay there. Um, you know, the boomers would be sure to encourage their children and grandchildren to stay at that job. Uh, even if it is a factory job that they hate until they can retire. And, um, that has not turned out so well. Okay. For them as we see. So, uh, we have younger generations, people waking up and realizing I can't start my own business. I can lead my own life. I can demand, uh, you know, decent enough pay to live off of whatever it is, but that's, has not typically been the reaction. And any kind of stagnancy in a situation uh, like that is very much like a trauma bond. And um, I would also say that I see this a lot in toxic friendships, if you can even consider that a friendship genuinely or family dynamics where everyone talks negatively, misery loves company. Anytime someone is about to evolve and get out of that rut, you know, someone from the group will pull them back down with their negativity and fear mongering and try to convince them, don't go, there's trouble out there. It's like uh, leaving the cage, you know, like the cage door is open, but there's always going to be uh, somebody or a bunch of people in the cage who don't have the mentality to think outside that box. And if you are one of those people who can, you need to go, you need to forget it behind you and keep going. Uh, but that trauma bond keeps a lot of people uh, in the same stagnant familial uh, cycles. And then they mimic it in their friendships. And then they mimic it even again in their love life. And uh, often we see that then they have children and they pass it down to the next generation. Um, these are often a big red flags that these are not people who can go out and make new friends. These aren't people who can go out and experience something um, dynamic and fresh in their lives. They can't go have an adventure. They can't zig and zag in their life um, and switch it up and maybe start a new career, make different decisions. Um, this is not what we're here for. Okay, we came to Earth to grow, to evolve, so that we don't have to reincarnate and do this all over again and make sure that it isn't the trauma bond, okay, from your past abuse, neglect, or trauma that is holding you back in your life. Um, and please don't forget that uh, the universe is not supporting it. So there are no rewards for you to stay there, whether it be with someone else or in a situation um, or there with your mentality. Your energy never lies and the universe cannot be fooled. So law of attraction kicks in and you're attracting negative to you. Um, and that's in all areas of life. That's just how it's going to work. Also, it's sort of like negating prayer. So if you've been trying to manifest, you've been praying for things and nothing is working out, it could very well be this because it basically says to the universe, 
that you cannot manifest it. You are not worthy of it. You are not claiming it. Your prayer is uh, null and void because you don't believe um, that you can have it or that you're worthy to have it. And it really sends a strong statement to the universe that you are not willing to take responsibility, hold yourself accountable, or do the hard work to do your part to receive it. Okay. So we have to be really careful with that. All right. So I do want to move on. Reverend Danny, uh, Reverend Christina, who wants to speak next on this? Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I'm happy to jump in. Um, with um, preparing and um, being prayerful for today's sermon, um, one of the things that just kept coming up was how critically important continuous healing is in relationships, in all forms of relationships, and how um, even from the onset of any type of relationship, especially romantic relationships or friendships or any sort of um, relational um, kind of commitment that people might have with each other, um, being um, dedicated to the healing process from the beginning is so uh, important. So when thinking about um, and reflecting on the numbers and numerology especially, so um, for anyone who's, um, and it's interesting because sometimes the numbers come in a little bit later when being reflective, but this concept of loyalty with relationships, especially um, romantic relationships, sometimes um, to our detriment, we sometimes are a bit nostalgic and we give credit to past generations like our grandparents and great grandparents generations and they stuck together and they made it through and you know glorifying and romanticizing these relationships where there could have been some really serious things going on and if you listen carefully enough especially when you get grandma great grandma by yourself some of the things that come out of her mouth it's like oh i see okay and as they get older they um very often um claim their power and they sometimes are very honest about some of the things that happen but the thing is for us in right now and the the times that we're living in um you know sometimes unfortunately these narratives are built about these relationships that might not necessarily be completely accurate and the thing is for those of us especially with the number in our numerology charts for um folks, especially with number two and number six, number two is the number of related to uh, like relationships and being relational and being uh, for anyone whose life path or expression number or whose major number in any way is related to two. That is when that energy, especially, you know, we have high and low vibrational um, energy with regard to the numbers. Um, we can unfortunately be susceptible to um, putting another person's needs before ours. And for anyone, especially life path or expression numbers, anyone whose expression number or life path number is two, these are people who um, are very sensitive, very empathic, can pick up on other people's emotions. And even if they know that they're the best thing for them might be to start therapy, go to therapy, um, take a break from a relationship, work on self, because they're so concerned with the, how the other person is feeling or other people are feeling, however relationships might manifest for a part for someone, um, they might be hesitant or feel that they are betraying their loved one by going into therapy or by healing oneself, going through um, uh, healing practices. Also for number six, number six is very similar to number two, 
whereas the number six is related to uh, community and family. So for someone who may have been dedicated uh, to their family for years, if a person's expression number or um, life path number is six, th those are individuals who um, take caring for family above everything. And that phrase, you know, blood is thicker than water, they really internalize that. So this is where um, be we're being cognizant of our numerology, of um, our numerology charts are really important. And what's interesting is when we make the commitment to heal ourselves and um, with, it, with individually and with regard to relationships, ironically, the very same narratives that we are romanticized about, you know, relationships in past generations, we actually heal them ancestrally when they become the ancestors, when they cross over. So um, this fear of uh, somehow not living up to some sort of uh, unrealistic expectations of what relationships are, that is where uh, the healing can be so important and especially with regard to trauma bonding. Uh, another area, another space where um, healing is, commitment to healing is so deeply and critically important is with movement work, with social justice work and being involved in um, fighting against social injustice because the thing is, um, it is a really powerful and wonderful and beautiful space when we see people coming together for a common cause. And whether it be with regard to homophobia, racial injustice, criminal injustice, environmental injustice, you know, we see food, whatever the form of injustice that really resonates with someone, that very often can be that catalyst to bring people together. At the same time, it's so important, and we are seeing now in movement work where healing is so deeply and critically important, because if we're not healing ourselves, as we're dealing with these issues, we can become so committed to the uh, forms of injustice that in any form of joy or any form of um, release of guilt with regard to the, these um, social um, ills can... Um, unfortunately, we can become so tethered to them that we, in a way, self-sacrifice. And if um, we're not intentionally healing ourselves and being conscious of the, um, the healing within relationships as well, um, that is when, unfortunately, some um, the work can take on a different, can move in a different direction, in a direction that is unintended. And um, there are a few folks in movement, <clears throat> excuse me, movement work where they, and I think a, a several people have been quoted in saying this, is that if there is no joy in the movement work, I don't want to be a part of it. So that's why we said very often when we see artists and we see uh, musicians and poets who are part of movement work, they are bringing in healing. They're bringing in joy. They're allowing for folks to release. Um, you know, uh, Reverend Christina and I talk, you know, all the time about us being Leos and us holding in this heart space, and we very much hold. Uh, so much in in this space here. And so by allowing us and giving us permission to embrace joy, embrace healing, um, Reverend Ivy, you know, you being a master Reiki uh, instructor and um, inviting in Reiki healers so that, you know, the not so great energy that might be, help, that person might be holding for them to have permission to release that energy to be able to continue on with the work. And just being so conscious of the fact that even though uh, social ills and the ways that people are minoritized and mistreated, um, even when being conscious of those issues, it, we still have the permission to heal.
And sometimes with this trauma bonding with regard to uh, movement work is, well, there are so many people suffering, how can I feel joy? There are so many people who are who don't have enough of, I mean, take your pick, how can I have the luxury of feeling joy? And we just can't, we can't operate that way. It's unfair to us. It doesn't make us effective in this movement work. And it is really um, kind of reinforcing this uh, concept of trauma bonding. And that's, we don't deserve that in any capacity, especially with regard to this work. Um, also, with when we are committed to our healing, and especially when we recognize that they're the uh, the glue that might keep a relationship or people together, is that uh, those traumatic experiences. Um, when we are committed to the healing, that is a, um, I, I so appreciate you lifting up a Reverend Ivy, this concept of faith, because it shows faith in God, it shows faith in ourselves and faith in our relationships. Sometimes there might be, especially with regard to ego, there might be a fear of healing because, okay, well, if we heal, who are we? If we heal, are we going to stay together? Who are we going to be? And having faith in the relationship and um, knowing that you know, nothing is guaranteed with relationships, unfortunately. And um, I shouldn't say unfortunately, but it's, that is the reality of, of life. And uh, Reverend Ivy teaches us all the time that um, relationships very often fall, they are, they can be destiny charter, but they're also with regard to free will. So, uh, and free will is very much a part of relationships. And so when there is that commitment to heal, if it, is determined that being in a romantic relationship or any sort of relationship is not the best thing and not for uh, both people or multiple people's highest good. You know, very, we have polyamorous relationships as well. And if it is determined within those relationships that being romantically connected or even being connected in any way is not for, will not lead to us elevating to our highest selves, then we have a responsibility to ourselves and we have a right to back away from them. And when we do, showing gratitude, feeling gratitude for what we've learned, because there will always be there. Our universe is based in love. Like love literally wins. Love always wins, regardless of the noise that is often, um, can sometimes be very uh, loud and pervasive. And the thing is, if relationships don't end up working out, it is okay and to feel gratitude for what we've learned because, because our, our universe is as grounded and based in love, we will have it again. We will find it again. It will find us. And especially as we are committed to our healing work. And so um, that is, those are some of the things that, uh, that came up as well. And when we know that it is time for us to either embark on healing journey or give space or do whatever we are um, led to do by our ancestors and our guides and God and our angels, the numbers will follow us. And especially, um, so uh, in terms of like numbers, my expression number is five. That expression number being like the number that kind of describes who we are in our totality. And my, being that my number is five, five is the number for freedom and liberation. And there are moments when I know that there is a time to make a move. And when um, the Leo in me very often wants to be very loyal and wants to um, stay and 
uh, work on something, whatever capacity that might be, but then the number five, I call upon that energy to um, allow for myself and give myself permission to have the freedom that's already naturally there that I always crave. So, um, and especially with the triple numbers follow us too, when it is time for us to make a move. When we look at the clock, we look at our stove, we look at the clock in our um, car, uh, addresses, numbers will appear to us, and we will know when it is time to make that move. When, when, if and when that time comes, we are all given like the uh, opportunity and the uh, support from the universe to be energy alchemists. I know that this is something that we have discussed in previous sermons, and we can transform that energy into something wonderful and beautiful so that we have the karma to then attract what is next for us. So. Um, I really appreciate being able to, for our sermon today to really focus on this because there is a lot to it and we are deserving of all of the good that's meant for us. Amen. We are deserving of good. It, it's not just something we're expected to give out to others. And when we get into that mentality, we start to deteriorate because the universe doesn't support that way of thinking. Self-love, self-care, boundary setting. Uh, the sermon that Danny is, one of the sermons that Danny is referring to is, I think the title was Alchemy. So again, you guys can go back into the playlist, Roots Revival Interfaith here on YouTube at Ask Ivy, and you can watch all the previous uh, sermons or anywhere that you can download a podcast and, and listen to some of these. I would say another good one would be the Shadow Work series that we did because trauma requires shadow work. And that's a level that people like to just cut, you know, sort of hop and skip right over. And it just doesn't work that way. Even if you are doing activism work or you are out in, you know, the healing field or you're, you know, involved in spiritual work, it doesn't matter. You can't skip that part. Um, Danny, thank you so much. Like everything that you said was so insightful. I did um, feel too, like I wanted to, point out at some point when you were talking about the activism work or you were talking about like overgiving with, you know, family or in a love relationship that isn't working, how we could feel guilted into it, how we could start coming from a place of ego, which is fear and control. Um, and how important it is, you said to know your numerology chart or your astrology chart or your life contract, because that's where we get out of our lane. We have to stay in our lane. We can do good in relationships. We can do activism work, but there will always be more work to do. There will always be something at the end of the day that demands healing. And we have to understand that we're not as individuals called to do all of it. So know your chart, know what your purpose is, focus on that and tune the rest out. The rest really is noise, even if it feels like it's your responsibility. So important. Okay. Uh, Reverend Christina, uh, do you want to go? Oh, before uh, you start, everyone here on TikTok, if you're having any trouble uh, go over to YouTube at Ask Ivy with your posting. Um, everybody here also on YouTube. Okay, both you guys, I want you to start posting your prayer and healing requests. If you have not already done so, we will be getting to those. Also, we're an interactive church, so we encourage you to post your questions or comments on today's sermon and donations are appreciated. Okay, so I so appreciate what the two of you said. Um, I have a lot of the same 
on my notes. Um, I love what Danny said about intentional healing because it's so important. I think in the beginning when you're, when you have come out of a trauma or an injustice or something like that, um, I think bonding with someone who has gone through the same thing is a positive. I think it starts out to be a positive. Um, but when you are stuck there and you can't move, that's when it becomes a problem because in, we are meant to keep moving. And I know that's kind of what Ivy had said. Um, we're not meant to get stuck. And I think Danny touched on this too, you know, in the past, we had these, you know, groups and everybody stuck together, you know, like the, the you know, the families stuck together and we kind of glorify that now, but that was for survival. Those were for survival purposes. And in today's day and age, we no longer have to really worry about survival anymore. Um, you know, we, you know, you can be independent. You can go off on your own. You can do your own healing. We have tools for this now. We, um, this is the age of information. So we have, you know, so many, so much more than our ancestors or, you know, our past relatives um, had. So, you know, we are able to be knowledgeable and to, heal ourselves now, because even if they had wanted to heal themselves, they may not even have known how or to go about, you know, separating themselves from the group because they would have been alone and then they wouldn't know what to do. So we have so much more at our disposal. So, you know, we have to bring in the continuous healing if we are to evolve. And I think, you know, I, I think it's important to, you know, because I know that there's like, groups you can go to. So like, say you're a victim of, for instance, like domestic violence or something. And then you go to a group and you find people who, you know, have the same experience. That's great. But you don't want to be part of that group for the next 10 years. You know what I mean? You want to take what you can from it and then you want to keep moving. And you don't, also don't want to keep that label either. You don't want to keep saying, I'm, you know, trauma victim, I'm domestic violence victim, I'm a cheating victim, I'm whoever, whatever kind of victim you are. You, you know, you maybe you're a victim for a little while, but that's where the alchemy comes in. That you you take that, you, you know, you do the shadow work. And when you start to heal, and then you take that wisdom and you share it with others. That's where the alchemy is. And that relates to life purpose, life contract. And in astrology, um, our life contract is connected to the North Node. So if you know your North Node, if not, check your chart, see what your North Node is and research that and any planets around it. But it's important for that life contract. Okay, so you had this experience and, you know, now how are you going to turn that into something that's going to bless other people or, you know, bless the people around you in some way, shape or form. And if we continue to label ourselves, then we get stuck in ego and it becomes like, well, who am I if I am not, you know, a, a survivor of such and such, if I'm, a if I'm not a survivor of trauma, then who am I? You know, because you are not, maybe you survived something really hard and now you're a strong person, but you're not that act. So you can't live in anger and, and you know, and, and toxicity. And if you're in a group that, you know, doesn't want you to move on, they can try to keep that. It's like toxic loyalty almost. And, um, you know, you, the person doesn't want you to move on because they can't move on. 
So they're going to try to pull you back in, kind of what Ivy was saying. Um, and it becomes like a codependency. So now it's like you're still living in the trauma and like you have this toxic loyalty coming on. And then like what Ivy was saying, you're not progressing. Things are not happening in your life. And, you know, there's there's messages that are coming to you, but you're missing them, you know, um, because you're you are comfortable. So you're probably afraid to move out of that trauma bond. Um, and it's, it, it becomes abusive, really. You're abusing yourself, the person, you know, you're being abused in the situation. And, the, you know, astrology, the best thing about astrology is to know that everything is, it, it, everything is a cycle. So, you know, when you get through the cycle, you take what the lesson was and you apply it to the next cycle. And it, that is the same with trauma. And whatever, we also have to remember you know, whatever we put our attention on, it grows. So if we put our attention on that trauma and we keep it there, what's going to happen? That trauma and everything related to it, all the negativity can grow. So we want to make sure that we deal with the trauma, you know, we deal with the issues, but then we do the continuous healing that Danny was talking about. And, you know, in relationships, Especially, you know, and I, I had this actually written, Danny. I put that it was like the glue that holds a lot of marriages together. Um, it is true. And then once that's no longer an issue, there's like nothing left to hold on to. So you may not vibrate with that person anymore. And you may have to just let that person go and you have to worry about your own healing. But when we heal ourselves, we heal others as well. Um, you know, we're all connected. So anytime you're bringing love or you're bringing, um, you know, healing to yourself, you're also healing the collective as well. So you have to remember whatever you're putting out, that is also going to others as well. Um, as far as relationships go, you really have to realize that relationships are, they really can be impermanent, you know, because people vibrate on different levels and we have the right to learn our lessons in different, you know, in different timing. And, you know, you may have come together with a person and it might have been great, but it may have served its karmic purpose. And now you're going your separate direction. And that's OK um, that, you know, you, you the human experience is to tend to try to control that. But you really have to let them be, um, you know, you can't make that toxicity, um, you know, grow and. You know, this speaks to the eclipse cycles too. Eclipses are often, you know, eclipses happen every year. They come in pairs. There could be four, there could be six. Um, but the eclipses often are a cycle to keep us moving because we wouldn't otherwise. So, and, I, and you know, we'll talk more about that in our, um, our show on the new year, but um, really keep an eye out on the energies that are happening. When those eclipses come, faded changes are happening to keep you moving. Um, when we are in a trauma bond or not living in the present moment, we are attaching to the past too much. So we need to, you know, yes, that trauma happened. We can't change it. It's in the past. So the only thing, our power is in the present moment. So we have to keep, um, you know, our, our focus in the present moment. Um, people who are constantly rehashing the past with you. This is a form of the trauma bond, you know, the, the toxicity. Um, you need you need to move out of that past. Um, you'll or otherwise you'll become you'll you'll become stuck. You'll have that victim identity. 
And I, I would say, you know, give yourself um, a period of time to bond with people who have experienced the same trauma, but don't stay there forever. You know, make sure that you are on your way to solutions, on your way to healing. And some of the solutions, you know, um, like the shadow work, uh, the light work, breath work, manifesting, meditation, chakra balancing, intuition, um, and, you know, hopefully healing others or doing something, some kind of cause that helps others who might go through the same thing. But staying true to your life purpose. If there was a trauma that happened to you, somehow that is related in your life contract and in your, um, you know, your life purpose. Somewhere you're supposed to apply that lesson that you learned. But remember that the trauma is not who you are. The alchemy is. So whatever you turn that into, that is who you are. Um, you know, you already are whole. You're a soul who is whole. And, you know, you have the freedom to make choices for the future right now. Like, you know, you can you can make choices for your future right now. So transmuting is key. Giving your, you know, giving yourself time to do the shadow work and then bringing it to the high vibration to bless others um, is really, you know, the key. Um, but I see, you know, you see so many people get stuck and we, we really have to stop that. I think that people were stuck in the past, you know, generations ago because of survival, but we know have, we no longer have to look at that anymore. Even like women are becoming more empowered. Minorities are becoming more empowered. Now we have to take control of that. We have to take control of our own um, empowerment and, you know, and, and go from there. Right on. All right. Amen. And and we have to, I, I love what you just said. And Danny, uh, Reverend Danny had said something very, very similar uh, that we basically see our relationships because we've been programmed to by previous generations as black or white. We are in or we are out. It is good or it is bad. I am here or I am 100% gone. And that is tragic and that is wrong. And it makes me feel bad. And it's like, that is not the universe. That is not reality. That's not how we're designed. Relationships are fluid and you can um, have an important you know, contract uh, to work with somebody else, but it could be here today and gone tomorrow and maybe brought back later. It just depends on the necessity, but it's always going to go if there's no growth. Always. That, that's what's going to happen when things get imbalanced. Um, you know, there will have to be a separation, a divide, so that uh, whichever person is trying to grow uh, can. And, um, we can't hold back on that. Some of the, some of the ways that you may feel socially, uh, and sisters, we are not helping each other out. Uh, Christina, great point on women getting their own money, having their own babies, right? Gaining independence for the first time. Same thing for us minorities. Like it's finally happening, you know, and there's no slowing that down. So we have to remember to support each other in that. Be careful with the words you use. Uh, you know, don't, don't be that person who's always like easier said than done. You know, I can't do it or you shouldn't do it. Don't make people fearful. Uh, feed 
the bold energy that needs to come from all this change that has to happen. Um, and for many of us, we are stepping out into this new territory for the first time. So we are finding a lot of that. We're also finding that there are people around us who want to say, you've changed, you're acting different, you're thinking different, um, or they want to enable, you know, don't be that kind of friend that allows your friend to constantly have the same conversation with you, this dramatic flare up uh, when you should be speaking truth to them and saying, listen, you need to leave this abusive relationship. You need to leave that toxic job. You know, you are you are in a problem circumstance here. Here is how you get to higher ground. Speak, speak, help each other out of it. OK, um, it's such a great topic. You guys both said so much. I could go on for, uh, you know, ever. But um, I know we want to get to questions and comments. Do we want to start popping those up? Yeah. Okay, so um, let's see. Our first question or comment is from a, okay, Danya Liz. I wish I would have known all of this when I was 16 to 30 years old. I committed the same generational trauma as my mother. And now I have been working three years nonstop in breaking those chains and repairing. Good for you. She also says, okay, repairing herself and her little family that she has made. Congratulations. And that's another thing. Let's make sure we make a fuss, you know, and congratulate and feed uh, with good positive energy, whether you do Reiki or you do um, any any kind of even mental long distance energy work, keep feeding that positivity uh, for, for the rest of us who are doing the work. We have another one. Okay. Then we have Tamara Cottrell says, I completely separated myself from my family after my mother's passing. I realized how toxic that family truly was. I wanted to break those chains for my kids. Um, as a psychic medium, this is one of the most common areas to see that finally happen in. And good for you. It is so you know, kind of tragic, really, that it has to happen around a passing. But we really do around a funeral and the services and the splitting of the estate and things like this, we really do see people's true colors come out. And so that is a great opportunity for everyone uh, to to make a run for it. You know, good for you. Did you guys want to comment on this one or should we? Um, yeah, I think I just wanted to say it, it's really important for us to show our kids that they are not to follow those toxic, um, you know, patterns too. Like they're going to do, you know, what their behavior is going to be based on is what they see and what they see us do. So if they see us empowered, they're going to be more empowered. So, um, you know, I have two girls, so I have to set an example for them. You know, I have to be strong so they can grow into strong people. So I completely agree with that. And um, with the um, around her mother's passing and someone passing away um, or someone transitioning, rather, it definitely does give us permission in a sense to it's like as they transform, it's almost energetically the thing that we connected with or what we, the expectations that we may have felt from them or projected onto them when they cross over and they are an unconditional love and universal truth. It's just, it's like, we're able to kind of let go of that a bit. And um, that, um, 
that is really I'm really proud of her. That is powerful. Yeah, a hundred percent. And and we become more intuitive when people pass. It triggers our intuition. And um, sometimes things that you could tolerate before you don't you don't know how you ever tolerated it. It's an interesting time. Okay, we have another question or comment. We have one more question or comment, and then we are going to get onto the prayer and healing requests. All right, Tina Marie says, I've had major losses in my life repeatedly with a child who has ADHD, mental health issues, continual issues with daycare, and school has been in ECMC, mental health. I feel like I'm constantly on guard. Do you guys have any suggestions? The only suggestion I'm really hearing for you is to go back and listen to this again. A lot like when Danny was talking about activism work, and then I made some comments afterward about staying in your lane and knowing what is your job to do. We have to get out of the mentality that things are all for us to do. And the more you believe that you are supposed to have responsibility and hold yourself accountable and do your part. You have to also believe that some of that work belongs to the universe. And if you know that and you're watching for it, the universe will come in and support you with what you need. That may be other workers, that may be other programs, that may be, um, you know, even time away from your son that you've been unwilling to take. I think it's important, especially in situations like the one that you're in, to every single day sit with your guides, especially in the morning for 10 to 15 minutes and ask with your morning cup of coffee, what am I supposed to focus on today? Are there any pitfalls that I need to avoid? And also, how can I be of service? Your guides are going to tell you when there are red flags and they're going to show you when help is on the way. And you're going to have a better understanding about what your part really is. It's easy once we get embedded to lose sight of that. Okay. Um, I, I'm so sorry for what you are going through, um, Tina Marie. Um, with, with regard to, to suggestions, definitely taking the time that you need and uh, caring for yourself. I also would recommend too, and the thing is, I know that's easier said than done. Very often when we were talking about movement work and sometimes, you know, being able to speak up and stand up when basic needs are not met. If we don't have the time and the energy just to, to do the basics, how can we then do more? And do only what you are capable of doing without getting to a, a place of depletion. Um, an, another suggestion, a couple of other suggestions would be in terms of labels, um, as Reverend Christina was describing before as well, um, to be, uh, try not to internalize any labels that are placed on your child. Because the thing is, as a parent, um, something that I've spoken with a lot about with my mom before she crossed was, you know, when your child goes through something, you then become the parent of, and you internalize that as well. And so um, you have the right to, um, help your child without internalizing the um, what is being thrown on you. There also is an organization called NAMI. It's a National Alliance um, on uh, Mental Illness. And um, just anecdotally, having a friend who has a child with mental, who has been going through um, uh, mental health situations themselves, only if and when it might feel right, but then, but being able to take an opportunity to um, 
be in a leadership position where you are able to, as Reverend Christina was describing, transforming that space of feeling victimized to then being able to potentially lead conversations and you being able to set the narrative about what mental health means for your child, but only, and this is like step-by-step step, and um, only if and when it might feel right for you, but just know that there are spaces, as Reverend Christina was saying, you know, you are involved in potentially one space for one period of time, and then you'll know when it is time to potentially move on to another space. And sometimes you need care, sometimes you are that advocate. Um, when we see people who are the who uh, are the parents of uh, someone who was taken from us, we unfortunately, um, and I'm in no way making any comparison at all, uh, just with regard to parents who have uh, lost loved ones or lost children to for various reasons, them them being able to step into a position of advocacy on behalf of not only their child, but other children as well. Um, if that if that might feel like something that is that might feel right for you, that is an avenue as well. As uh, Re Reverend Ivy uh, teaches about um, life contracts and as Reverend Christina spoke about life contracts as well, something that's coming up right now is um, so the fact that children choose us, could your child have chosen you to be their parent, not only to help them through this life, but in your life contract at some point, are you then meant at, to um, serve as an advocate in that way to show other parents how to, um, how to advocate for their child too? So uh, th those are just a few things that just came up, but um, caring for yourself and your child definitely comes first. Yeah, I know that um, this is one of the hardest things being a parent to um, a child with special needs. And I do know that there, you know, you might be working with like respite workers and things like that, but I would take every advantage you could because I know that respite workers come in and they um, can take your child for a couple hours or they can sit with them for a few hours while you have a break. Um, so I know there's a lot of, you know, I know there's a lot of programs out there that help you with that. So I would take advantage of that for sure. Um, taking that time for yourself, like Ivy had said, um, you know, doing your, asking your spirit guides for help on what you should be doing. Um, I would be doing some manifesting. I would be doing some breath work, meditation, um, because, you know, you, you can't help a child with special needs unless you're really taking good care of yourself. So I would take advantage of all respite, um, opportunities for that and, um, you know, manifesting and, you know, creating an environment that is positive for you. Cause if you're on guard all the time, very difficult I get it. I do. Um, you know, it's almost like, you know, when, you know, when you have a baby and you baby proof the house, well, you know, you, if you know, if you know what's going to make you feel safe and not on guard, kind of make your environment like that so that, you know, you have less to worry about. Awesome. All right. Um, I think that was the last of the questions and comments. We're now going to get into prayer and healing requests, but last words uh, from from uh, us reverence here. So um, I would just say that I think the reason most people stay in a trauma bond, whether it's situational um, or it's 
in a relationship is because they're afraid that they don't have what it's going to take uh, to do it on their own or to do it from scratch. And we have to remember that the way the universe works, it's like with every new level, there's a new devil. And every time the bus stops, somebody's got to get off to make room for new people to come in. And in order for a door to open, another door has to close. I love the saying that every time a door closes, six more doors open. Now, a lot of people are like, that doesn't happen to me. It does. You just don't want all six. So you eliminate those and you focus maybe on the one that you want. But that is how the universe works. So we need to get rid of the lack mentality, that fear-based ego mentality that makes us want to hold on to things that aren't doing anything for us anyways. And they're not doing anything for anyone around us. Uh, when you detox and make room, more will come in. The right people will come in. The prosperity will be able to finally get in. What do you guys uh, want to say in conclusion here? Um, uh, so the uh, final thing for today that I'd like to that I'll lift up is just this concept of self-accountability when it comes to healing. Um, when we're in relationships where there is that um, some sort of trauma that connects us or keeps us bound to each other, then um, it is so important when we realize that it is time to heal that we take responsibility for it and we do it and we don't ask permission for the, to embark upon our heal, our healing, we, we do it. And the thing with the trauma bond is sometimes we can potentially want to make other people responsible for our well-being and our healing. It's like I've sacrificed myself so much to be here. Don't you want to then take responsibility for my healing? And <laughs> it's like, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> no, like, no, no, ma'am. And so it is then, you know, definitely our responsibility to take, um, it's our responsibility to, to take responsibility, not to overuse the word, but um, to make sure that we are the ones, we are the individuals who are um, in charge of our healing and our healing definitely involve. If, if there is no, I love those memes where um, it's a, what you think healing is versus what it really is. And it's like, what you think healing is like rainbows and you know lollipops and all that good stuff. And healing is someplace I mean, looking disheveled, just, I mean, turned inside out, like, who am I, where am I? That's healing. And if, if, if the healing process doesn't involve that, then there's just a little bit more, a little time to dig a little deeper. Yeah, and I, I think the biggest thing, keep it moving, like Reverend Ivy, Ivy was saying, and as far as relationships go, instead of being, you know, or anything really, instead of being so paranoid that you're going to lose it and being fear-based, try to enjoy it while you have it. Um, be in the present moment, enjoy it, um, and learn whatever you're supposed to learn. Excellent. Love that. Okay. All right. Beautiful. Thank you, ladies. Thank you, everyone, for being with us. Uh, we will see you. We do a Sunday service at 8 p.m. Eastern every week. So we hope to see you back there again. Thank you, Reverend Paul. Thank you, Reverend Danny and Reverend Christina. Uh, thanks, thanks everyone for being here with us and for also really um, joining in on the prayer service. You can feel that energy and positivity. Thank you, Spirit. Everybody have a great week. We'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you so much. Thank you.